Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey everyone, and welcome. I am so excited for this episode, and I can't wait to share it with you. Today, I am welcoming with great pride Mr. Brett Shuford. Brett is an actor and singer, dancer, director, and producer. He's been on Broadway. He has a long list of television and film credits. He has traveled all over the world performing. Basically, he's my hero. Brett is also a certified life coach, and he continues to share his passions and talents and heart with performers who are struggling to step into their spotlight and stay there. Brett is so confident and collected and truly embodies what he teaches. He gives me insight into navigating social media in a productive and creative way. He shares practical advice to building confidence through consistency. I mean, this episode literally transforms into a real-time life coaching session. Every day is a chance to show up for ourselves and for our dreams. Whatever you're after, it's got to be clear and it's got to be yours. So close your eyes. What do you see? What's your vision? He has an intellectual disability called Fragile X Syndrome, which is a chromosome disorder, actually. You know, so that's my oldest brother, Eric, and then I have a next older brother, who was baseball all-star, football all-star, and then I have a twin brother, and we're the youngest. Whoa. And he was, like, a baseball kind of... And then, you know, so we all had, like... And then I just really wanted to do theater. Like, I knew at, like, six years old that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it was weird. That was weird for a kid in Southeast Texas to want to do that because... As far as anybody on there is concerned, it's not a it's not a real profession. You know, yeah. they didn't see it as it's a hobby. But you could play professional football, great ball, no problem. <laughs> Be a professional actor, it's like um, absolutely. So I, you know, but I was very, I'm very, I'm a Taurus, so I'm a bull, and I just was very bullheaded about it. Like this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I just charged forward and, and took every opportunity I could to perform community theater and then dance classes I was heavily involved in choir and dance competitions and drama competitions all through high school but I didn't really have like a great mentor there were some people like would kind of come in and out but no one to be like here's where you should go to college and here like I kind of had to figure a lot of it out yeah I I can imagine um, yeah so I ended up going to my first two years of school at the University of Oklahoma and uh, they had a musical theater program there that was still fairly new and they were trying to figure out who their staff were and the faculty and stuff so after my sophomore year they had hired some people that I mean there's some really great stories about that year (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to hear one (laughs) my sophomore year they hired this woman to teach musical theater performance my sophomore year of college at University of Oklahoma I'm afraid to say her name because who knows you know yeah know no worries that woman is now. left anonymous but I will never forget it was a musical theater audition class and we came in and she was like her, her way of teaching a musical theater audition was come and come late show up late to the audition and tell them sorry I'm late I came from a gig <laughs> And then when you come into the room, don't say anything to the pianist. Just put the music down, come into the room, and 
Count them in. A one, a three, a one, two, three, four. And the, the reason she suggested that is because a, I guess a little known fact in the recording industry is they don't say a one, a two, they say a one, a three. Oh, right. So you got the insider info. Right. So we had all the insider details. <laughs> right. And then she said, pick a letter from the alphabet and state your song on that alphabet, on that letter. So if it's an N, you're going to like zigzag walk while you're singing. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I clapped over I went straight to the dean of the school I was like what are you doing <laughs> so that's when I decided to transfer <laughs> so maybe maybe all thanks to her you ended up where you are you were like I'm getting so, the hell out of here yeah I was like this is a waste um, so I went to I transferred to Wagner College oh amazing okay I was so driven and curious and just very I've just always been very curious and I like people I, I'm always very curious about people and very much speak my mind which I thought everybody you know like I, I don't know you know but I would you know put myself out there in situations that I think most people would be pretty afraid or shy about and so I ended up getting my all three summer well all four summers after my senior of high school all the way through to my senior year of college I worked professionally every summer at some pretty great theaters like I I worked at the uh, an equity theater in, in Texas after high school and then I worked at Lear Theater in Oklahoma between my freshman sophomore year and then I worked at Music Theater of Wichita between my junior and senior year wow. no, sorry sophomore and junior year and then my junior and senior year because I was in New York I ended up getting to do the West Coast premiere of Footloose the Musical in Las Vegas. Wow. And, yeah, and that was only because I was a Wagner. Because I could rehearse during the day and come back and finish, like, my homework my my junior year. And then I got my equity card my senior year working at Paper Mill. It was, like, such a huge blessing. Definitely. Because my kind of drive was so suited for being in New York. Yeah, totally. It sounds like it. And it, it sounds like that whole concept of, like, when you, you know, put all your efforts towards one specific goal, the universe, like, conspires to help you achieve that goal. It seems like your life was sort of, you knew you were on the right path, which is pretty cool and and pretty rare i feel for somebody that young i always find that people in the arts like have this special gift that not a lot of people get to ever really possess which is like that knowing you know and that like determination that like like you said that bullheadedness almost of just like this is what i want and nobody's really going to be able to convince me otherwise yeah i mean i definitely the way i teach it now is like you have to have a vision like i had a vision and i didn't just have a vision of like I, I think subconsciously I had a vision that I didn't, I wasn't even aware of. And that's why I like to coach, like, that's why I became a coach, because I like, want to help people be more conscious of, like, having a real vision. At seven years old, I pictured myself walking out of a stage door, wearing a show jacket, you know, signing playbills, going home, having a husband. Like, I pictured all of those things, and because I would daydream, and I would, like, I was so ADHD, and I would just have these, like, visions of, like, what's my life going to look like when I live in New York? And I believe wholeheartedly that if I hadn't had those visions to lead me to where I wanted to go, I never would have gotten there. 
Yeah. And I feel like so many people go, well, I just want to be on Broadway. But they're not actually visioning what that looks like. Totally. Like, what, what's it going to do for my life? Because actually what I might end up happening is I might actually end up having the life I want. And because I do that, Broadway becomes a like a byproduct. Absolutely. I feel that so hard because I think that – so when I went into musical theater school, I I was sort of different from you in the way that like – I was involved in a lot of different things growing up, but the most important thing to me was getting good grades. So like theater was something that came into my life sort of periodically and really hit in like high school, but it was always a hobby. It was always just like, I love this. I have fun doing this. Sometimes I'd get myself in trouble because I only only ever wanted to have fun. And there were some people there that I realized in hindsight that were like trying to do really well so that they could go study it in college and like there were a lot of people I just happened to go to a high school that like had some really incredibly talented people like both performers and production people that just like went on to study it in college so like it was a big deal for them and for me I was just like this is a lot of fun to you know break up the monotony of like trying to get an A in this AP class you know what I mean so like but I always loved music I grew up playing piano for a long time so like theater and music were always kind of integral to my life growing up but it was never like I'm going to pursue this as a career so when I finally did make that switch I felt so behind so I was in class and I was in school and I was grateful enough to be able to study for a BFA but when I was there I was so tunnel vision focused on like I have to get better I have to hone my skills I have to learn more I have to do this and like it kind of, I realize in reflecting on it, like shut off a lot of the life aspect of growing through like your early 20s, you know what I mean? And like, I only focused on just like trying to be a better musical theater performer, which, you know, got me jobs and helped me in that way, but it didn't really like expand my sort of full life purpose, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and I think because of that like a byproduct of that was just like I just want to work you know if I go to an audition and get the job like that's great and somewhere off in the other you know part of my subconscious was like yeah and I want to be on Broadway you know like as if that'll just sort of like matriculate after x amount of number auditions you know I didn't like have a plan or like even really go to that many Broadway auditions so how the hell am I gonna eventually end up on Broadway, you know? And I I feel that so hard of just like, this part now of my life is really about those clear goals. Like I just keep repeating that phrase over and over in my head, like clear goals, because it's not enough to just like have a, a want, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it really needs to be super specific. It does. I think it's so incredibly important that it's specific because what I've born witness to in this industry and, and, and for myself is people who weren't specific who got themselves into situations because they were like I just want to work well you're sending a message to the universe that you know I just want to work great here's a job as a janitor <laughs> yeah right? yeah right truly. here's a job at Starbucks truly right if you just want to work go here but when you say to, to the universe, like, I see myself on Broadway, I see myself walking out of a stage door in Midtown, or actually, like, because ultimately, I say this to young people all the time, have a clear vision, because when you really picture your 
yourself like yeah you, I, I want to be on Broadway but when you actually picture yourself doing it do you really see yourself being happy when you see yourself closing your eyes and you envision yourself walking out the stage door living in a 500 square foot apartment <laughs> paying an exorbitant amount of money is it worth it for you or would you be just as happy walking out of a stage door in Philadelphia totally or would you be just as happy walking out of a stage door in Minneapolis or would you you know like because you might end up finding that like New York isn't it at all yeah. and probably it's actually I just want to do theater in a in a way that fulfills me and is joyful and fun without the pressure and the stress totally of, it is pre- it is pressure filled and it is stressful oh yeah working on Broadway, especially for shows that run for a long time, you know, you find yourself two years into it and you're just managing your body stress, your mental stress, the psychology, like, you know, one of the hardest things I learned for me in my, like my first Broadway show is when people started booking other jobs and leaving <laughs> the show, Yeah, you start to go, oh my God, it's never going to happen. I'm stuck here. Right. And like, meanwhile, you're stuck in like a great gig. Right. You're like, you know, somebody's leaving and you know, there's that, that all that stuff that comes up and it's, a, it's about management. And I don't think people really take the time to really envision that something somebody had said to me, it was during the little mermaid, which ironically there was a post and playbill yesterday. It was like 13 years ago. I think it was 2008. We opened wow. yesterday. So how many years? So uh, yeah, 13. 13. So 13 years ago we opened Broadway. <laughs> I'm so old. And, and um, it was this guy, Merwin Ford, who had, it was like his like 18th Broadway show. And we're backstage and I'm dressed as a stingray and he's dressed as a blowfish. Sure. And we're about to, to go on for Under the Sea. And it was a Saturday matinee. It was like a random Saturday. And I was just in a, not in a great mood. Sometimes those matinee days, that, you know, after understudy rehearsals all week, you're just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Sure. And I just said to him, like, is this for you? You know, we're, we got glitter on our lips and we're wearing these ridiculous costumes. And I said, is this where you thought you'd see your career? And he said to me, this isn't a career, it's a job. And something about that really sunk in for me because it was like, okay how do I treat this like a job? Totally. And if I can't, if I can't treat it like a job, then I should leave, like I should leave because then it's not right. Cause I could work anywhere. I can, I could work at Starbucks. Totally. You know, I could work at, like if I just wanted a job, I could work anywhere. Why is it this job? Why am I working at this one? And how can I continue to remind myself of why that's important? I will tell you, you, when you do a lot of shows and you, you know, a long running shows, especially you see people who've been there for 10, 12 years who feel stuck. They feel like they can't leave because it's the money or they feel like it's, you know, now they have families and it provides for their family and they get comfortable, but they don't see, they don't treat it like a job. They treat it like they're, like they're stuck. Totally. Yes, absolutely. Which sort of makes me think of one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get into theater in the first place was to avoid that kind of a life where you feel stuck and, and, you know, I can't quit because I have a family and I'm making this amount of money and I'm comfortable. And like, of course I want all those things as well, but yeah, that's very interesting because so in terms of like a career, you're thinking of, you know, what is sort of my next goal, you know? Right. Or, Or like, you know, can it be a job? 
Long, which is which is still a little mind blowing for me to think of like a job on Broadway is something to support you know an additional career kind of thing. I mean that is quite a life, but it, it's real because I think you know, and I'm sure you can attest. Like you know, after a hundred, a thousand performances, like the whole sort of glitz and glamour of like I don't know. You can tell me like does it go away like after pretty soon after right? Like because you're like oh shit, you know like. Literally, once you've done all the Today shows and the Tony Awards are over on a new show, it just becomes a job. Totally. You have, it, it loses its, it loses a little bit of that exciting excitement. In that now you're like, oh, I remember, I remember, it's like after the Tony's award, I was like, oh wait, now I have to just do the show. You know, <laughs> that's it. Um, but like, that's why it's so important to have a vision because, mm-hmm. and I and I say this to to a lot of young people too like Broadway is just a stop along the way of a long career mm-hmm. and if you believe that to be true then you take the pressure off of trying to book the job yes right it's then it's about building relationships and it's about creating experiences for people and it's about being of service to your community and it's it's about all these things that by doing those things you book a Broadway show as a byproduct Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think too, it goes like with sort of idolizing these things or these people or even these goals or achievements, like putting them on such a pedestal that they're these big, great, amazing, unbelievable things. I'm I'm reading, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I'm I'm reading Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights, his memoir that just came out. Oh, you gotta dig in. You will absolutely love it. It's so well written. But he, I literally just before I called you was reading this passage and he writes about the word unbelievable and how it should be sort of reconstructed in our vocabulary because we'll use it to be like, whoa, that show was unbelievable, man. And it's like, but the definition of unbelievable is truly that it can't be believed. So we create these parallels with like this show or this performance being unbelievable, but that makes it seem like it's something that can't be perceived in reality, something that can't be achieved, you know, but it is because it's right there in front of your eyes. I always think like, I used to look up to like actors or other people and stuff and be like, oh, you know, how am I ever going to get there? You know what I mean? Like holding that Academy Award on the stage, like, come on, you know, but I've started to shift that focus or just like the the context of how I look at it to be like, well, if that is a person, a human being who is there in real time achieving these things, then it must be possible. You know what I mean? Like I so I so it must be possible for me, you know? Like I gotta take these gifts that I have and just like make it happen. It's about staying in touch with your friends. 
And that's what they want you to say so that you'll influence your friends to buy whatever ads they promote to you or whatever. But ultimately, the way I have always seen social media as it's a creative extension of who I am. And when I use it as a creative extension, like if it's just another way to take myself and extend it out into the world, it's so much more fun because then I don't care. Like I'm just thinking, how can I create something today? What can I do that would say or share that would make somebody feel something today? Because that's what we do as actors. We, our mission on this planet is to help people see themselves or see the world differently. So how can I on a daily basis do that? Well, there's social media. Use that as an as a chance to create. And that doesn't mean it has to be groundbreaking Tony Award winning creations. No one cares that deep that much about it on social media. But if every day, like there's somebody out there who needs to hear your message. And if every day you're not creating and putting that message out there, they're not hearing the message that they need to hear. Yeah, I think there's an element to me at least that thinks like I, I want to reach out and grab as many people as I can, touch as many people as I can, and I forget about all the people that are actually like right here in front of me right now. Why don't I just start with them and what they might need and just sort of provide for them and then that grows into something, you know what I mean? It's hard to think that way. Well, and I think it becomes, I think because it does become overwhelming, we think, well, I took this casting director workshop and the cast director told me they like this kind of content or they want this kind of stuff or somebody did this and I can't do that and we start to take in all this stuff we take a lot of input in and you know what ends up happening is that you know we're trying to please everybody and so then we end up pleasing nobody and so ultimately you have to decide again it's like it's a choice who do I serve who do I want to help today and can you really make and I again I was doing this subconsciously and then I've of course as I've built my coaching business been researching and learning a lot about what other people teach and I realized like all these social media influencers are teaching this idea like narrow your audience down to one person create your ideal audience because when you talk on your stories or you make a video, it's so much easier to just talk to one person. Wow, that's wild. Than it is to try to like get a casting director and you know hot girls to like you or whatever. <laughs> sure, right? sure. So like, so I think ultimately, really getting specific about who you serve and who you talk, who's your audience. That's not the same thing that it's not the same thing as like you're in like trying to get industry relationships. It's really who's like that person that needs to hear your message and be entertained by you or be inspired by you. I think that really, for me, has always been the the way I've been able to do it. Is like because then because then I I let go of the people the people who I think aren't going to like this. Well, they're not my audience, and there will be people that don't like it. That is totally their prerogative. Our job is not to be liked. Our job is to be known. This is an unofficial but still extremely important public service announcement reminding you to wear a mask. Although vaccinations are being administered, the coronavirus is still very real and very much a threat. Headed out to the grocery store for a frolic down the produce aisle? Wear a mask. Going to visit grandma for another round of backgammon? Wear a mask. Meeting a long-lost twin brother you never knew you had? Wear a mask. No matter what you're doing, who you're with, or where you go, if you leave your house, wear a mother 
Ask. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. I saw something, I think, on your story the other day. It was something about, like, there is freedom in structure or free or structure breeds yeah. freedom or something like that. And that really resonated with me because, you know, like I said before, I sort of was so attracted to theater and creation and the arts and artistry just because I crave this, like, freedom. Let me just jump off a building and fly. And But then I realized now as I'm getting older that, like, the more of a routine that I have, the more, like, sane I am. Like, I actually get well, shit done. True. It's the same thing, like, not having a vision, right? A mm-hmm. vision is a structure. Yeah. You know, by structuring that, you have a clear direction. I think that if you really want to accomplish something, you need to structure it. You gotta, because then the freedom comes in knowing, like, I showed up every day to sing. I showed up every day to work on my craft, right? Because I scheduled it. I put it in my calendar. Those things, as boring and annoying as they may be, and, you know, there's good weeks and there's bad weeks. Like, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm totally on my game and sometimes I'm not. But I know that those, you know, it's about really creating, to me, creating an ideal Mm-hmm. What's my ideal schedule? What's my ideal vision? And sometimes I'm going to totally nail it, and sometimes I'm going to get it right like 30%. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And just like having grace for those times where you're just not on it, because I think we hold ourselves to such a high standard that like you fall off the wagon once and you're like, I am. Well, you know, and then you book a job and you're like, well, my whole week just went out. And I yeah. took this three day gig, or I. I got an audition now to rearrange my whole thing and it's just like you know but then the, the weekends and you every day you have a chance to reset and you have a chance to restart you know I think for the longest time and I'm still sort of like right in the middle of this process like what do I want you know and and maybe I guess that changes often you know but like and evolves or maybe but like I'm really understanding the importance of just like knowing what you want and 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 being comfortable in that and confident in that and just like and and then the work starts you know but like the longer i sort of stay that's not how it works no you have you have to pick one thing just pick one right and just commit for six for six months and then fly the plane and build the plane while you're flying it it's like if you're waiting to get to be ready if you're waiting to have confidence before you do something that's not how confidence happens Confidence happens by trying, by doing, by taking action. Confidence is not the absence of our doubts. Confidence is the acceptance of our doubts. So when we go, okay, I'm having these doubts, but I'm doing it anyway. And you, you know, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is that when you've made a decision, okay, I'm going to try to accomplish this in six months. In six months from now, what would get me one step closer to where I want to be in my vision? Okay, if I know what that is, then every day I just take steps to get there. The worst that can happen is I get a little closer. And then I decide, okay, I six months didn't totally get there, but I got a little closer. But I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to change it to that other idea I had. Great. But it doesn't, it's it's not about like, oh, I'm not really sure which one to take. Pick one and just freaking go for it. Because there's too many things that are out of our control, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know. You cannot control whether or not the Disney Wonder is going to completely close down because of the pandemic. Yeah. So look at the gifts that it brought, right? Now you're in your city and you're like, oh, I love this city more than I ever did. 
and you have a stronger answer. And listen, I love New York City. I was like, I will never not live in New York City. Right, right. Never not live in New York City. New York City is my town. I was a tour guide. That's how much I love New York City. I I knew, I know all the history. I've watched documentaries. Like, I love New York City. I live in Texas, right? (laughs) Yes. So, like, you cannot control. There's too many things that are, and guess what? I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loving it. It's cheaper, there's space, it's, the weather's great. So, you know, who would have thought? But I, if you asked me, even three years ago, if you had asked me if I would ever leave New York City, I'd have been like, you're joking. It's not about trying to get that perfect answer for the rest of your life. It's just about going, what do I want in this moment? My intuition is telling me to go for this. And then you take action to get there. I've been sober for going on, going on 17 years. And that decision for me was such a clarifying moment because I had really been stuck. I've been going to a lot of Broadway auditions and not understand why I wasn't booking. And then I realized that I was just not being fully honest with myself about certain things in my life, about I hadn't really dealt with some societal, you know, internalized homophobia that happens. You know, there's there's all this stuff that we all deal with growing up, um, where however we grow up in whatever systems we grew up in, but I had not dealt with them. And part of that was that I'm admitting I was an alcoholic. And to me, I think that the admittance of that, like the willingness to be vulnerable, to be honest, to show up for myself and and for someone else, to learn the act of like showing up to be of service, that was something I didn't understand until I got sober. And that transitioned into how I showed up to auditions, that transitioned into how I showed up to work. I became curious. How can I how can I constantly grow, right? Because if you you can't build your business if you yourself aren't growing. You can't. You have to be doing active work to grow yourself in order to see things happen. Otherwise, you know, it's it's it goes against the laws of nature. So you know, I just became obsessed with personal growth and and I'm trying to understand how I got to work, how I survived. Because honestly, I should be dead. I should I should be dead. How did I survive that? How did I get through all those times? And being curious about, about how to break that down into steps and then people kind of coming up to me and asking questions like, how did you get an agent? And how did you do this? And how did you do that? And I was like, this was a lot of work for me. It wasn't like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't just get this handed to me. Like, I worked. Yeah. So, I was like, I, sh- I can help people, but I, it needs to be an energy exchange. Like, I want to help people, you know, but I need to get paid. Like, I was, yeah. you know, between jobs. So, I started the business as, as the coach, got certified as a life coach, and, and really, for me, it's, it, of course... Not knowing, it was always a side gig. It was always like, I'll help people on the side while I continue to be an actor. And then boom, last year happened and it's become my full-time job. Amazing. It's wild. I never would have thought that. But really, my hope is that, you know, to help people. My, my, 
mission is to help people be willing to share their vulnerable selves, to move past this idea that as artists, our work speaks for itself, that people are going to see my work and hire me, which is just BS, because there's so many talented people in New York. There's so many, right? It's when you show yourself and when you when you're willing to let yourself be seen, you know, in a vulnerable way, that you stand out. You you are unique. Your gifts. A lot of people have gifts. Yes. Right. But the fact that those gifts are yours is what makes you unique. So sharing yourself and your gifts at the same time is like my mission. How do I help as many people be willing to share both sides of themselves on a consistent basis so that they can live a life of their dreams? Truly, you have just hit the nail on the head and I'm so inspired just listening to you. I feel like you embody so much of what I strive for mentally. Like, I just really appreciate you and I just... Yeah, I mean, I'm just so interested in, in your life and stuff, and I, I appreciate you sharing it. I'm also interested, as much as you're willing to share, too, like, before we close out, I think, like, just you and your husband, and just, like... Yeah, I mean, we met in 2007, and um, he's sober as well, so we okay. we met in the rings, and that was, like, a really cool way of connecting, especially because we were young. I mean, I think I got sober at 26, wow. so we met, like, I was like 27, 28. And so, you know, having that vocabulary and it's a spiritual program and having it that kind of deeper, again, vulnerability to connect and meet at, I think really set some groundwork for us. And, and, and the thing about us, and I think anyone who's in this industry, I think we highly value adventure. You can't choose this industry if you value security more than adventure. So, you know, and if you, if you are, like, if you value security and you're trying to, to enter this industry, you're going to really have a hard time because it's just not, it's not a high value in this. There's, you just never know what's going to turn around the corner. Of course. So we had that value. Like, he was a ballet dancer. He, his family is very similar. His parents were still married. And very, he was so, he's just, like, top-notch ballet dancer, principal dancer, New York City Ballet. So, like, very top-of-the-line driven and passionate about what he does. And so passionate and humble wow. at the same time, which was, like, the thing that really drew me to him. Because, like, he didn't even, re- like, it's like he didn't even realize how talented he is. Wow. Which is so endearing, you know? And... It was fun. Like he was beautiful, and it was high. You know, <laughs> yeah. we in our twenties, we looked amazing. I looked amazing, man. and we were having all this fun, great time. But then, you know, two years passed, and I was like, "We're still together. This is crazy." And I'm not sick of you. Yes. You know, usually, like at this point, there's drama, yes. or I'm kind of sick of spending time with you. I need a break. And with him, I was like, "This is fun. I'm still having a great time." So then I was like, do I get married? <laughs> and he was like, sure. So then I proposed to him, brought up the cast of The Little Mermaid and, oh. and a bunch of New York City ballet people oh. on a rooftop in the Empire Hotel. Wow. And then in 2011, we finally got married. And it was ultimately like 
the, the, you know, we're very yin and yang. Like, Steven's very, we always talk about how he doesn't take, he's not very initiative driven. He doesn't take a lot of initiative. I have to literally be like, we're doing this. And he'll be like, great. And he'll show up and do it 100%. But there's never him coming to me and being like, I want to do this and this and this. And here's the schedule. Here's the plan. Totally. So like, there's always, like, right? There's always the A type person in the relationship. <laughs> and I'm definitely the A. So, I was like, are we getting married or what? You know, <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> what are we doing? And he was like, well, okay. I was like, okay, are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? And he was like, well, let's do it on our anniversary in April. And it was February. And I was doing a show at Paper Mill Playhouse. And so we planned the whole thing in like two months. And got married on April 18th, 2011. And we've been married ever since. We, you know, we bought a place first like we lived in the east village we owned a place in the east village in 2010 we bought oh wow so we've done a lot of like things together and now we're actually trying to grow our family we're actually working on having a baby whoa congrats that's incredible holy shit we've wanted to do it for about four years now so to actually be able to say that it's happening is is a big deal yeah but there's a lot that has to happen between now and, and the birth, and it's sure. very expensive for two men to have babies. So, I can imagine. Um, so, you know, it's a process. Yeah. Again, it's an adventure. Yeah. Adventure is, I think, really high on our list of how I would describe our relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons Kristen is my wife's name, and I think one of the reasons that I just, like, not only fell in love with her, but just, like, found a new part of myself was that we sort of met and grew our relationship, like, when I was first working for Disney Cruise Line and we were like literally traveling around the world and I was just like, which is something I had no taste for whatsoever growing up. I think I, I mean, every single summer without a doubt we would go to the Jersey Shore and that's it. Like we'd go to the Jersey Shore for a week, stay at a hotel, come back home, like that's it. You know, so like um, going all of a sudden to like 20 different countries in Europe and stuff was like, holy shit, I love it. And now we get to the, point like every single day if we can go on a walk and go like try breakfast somewhere new like that's an adventure you know like every opportunity we get we want to have an adventure and like you're so right man like you just yeah you're a pretty amazing man and i just i really appreciate no i i like i am so grateful that you gave your time to me and just to this and like thank god you're sharing your gifts and sharing your knowledge and passion with people because i feel like they really need you and well, I, I'm here, man, and I just thank you for putting your voice out there. Keep creating. Keep doing this. Don't, like, don't get stuck in the results. Just keep moving forward because staying consistent is way more important than getting more followers, getting more listeners. Just stay consistent because the consistency will empower you and will tell the universe that you're ready. You know, yes. But the minute you you drop off and stop being consistent, is the person I guess he doesn't want it. So just keep putting that work out into the world and say, because what you put out, you get back. Yes, thank you, thank you. I will. I absolutely will. I really thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, Brett. Good night. Good night. What did I tell you? I mean, come on. That was it. I feel so incredibly lucky that I got to chat with Brett, and I hope you took some wonderful little tidbits away from our conversation. He's the real deal. 
He's the epitome of hard work meets big heart meets clear goals. If you're interested in talking to Brett or think he can be of service, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Brett Shuford. I'll link his profile and website in the description. If you're like me and are just continuously stunned by the knowledge and experience this man has, check out his 14-day program called the Actor Mindset Reset. It provides daily exercises that help you restore mindfulness and feel confident. This year, it's not a time for what-ifs or self-doubt. It's a time to make a plan and take action. If you're looking to make a bigger impact on a bigger stage, visit ActorMindsetReset.com to sign up. Thanks so much again for listening, everyone, and take it easy. I'll talk to you soon.